All righty, crew, welcome back to this week's episode of the 3PC Podcast. All right, so today we are going to be discussing sleep. Yep, so recovery episode today, and if you remember from last week's recovery episode, we just sort of talked about um, a few broad topics, and then we said we're going to dive in deeper um, into each one, all right, and sort of break them down. So today we're going to be discussing all things sleep, and then uh, why sleep's so important for for our recovery yeah so you probably hear it a lot uh sleeping getting your sleep trying to get your eight hours Mm -hmm. and it's very common to brush it off because it's so simple it's uh it's kind of like get your fruit and veggies in you'll feel better um everybody knows it but very few people actually do it and it's just because it's so simple it seems bizarre to us that something so simple can make such a drastic change yeah and i guess like you know something everybody loves in a sense yeah um you know who doesn't love sleep um, but understanding how much of an impact it can have. And it it's probably is the number one recovery tool that we have in our arsenal, um, you know, to improve our overall recovery. But it's the probably the thing that we don't put enough effort into. You know, mm-hmm. it's just there. We just sort of do it. Um, but when you do it really right, it can have a really big impact. Yeah, exactly. So why is sleep so important? Um, yeah, well, I just think in general... Um, as, as we just sort of touched on it, it has the biggest overall impact on your recovery for a few different reasons, um, which we'll get into, but I think just in general, when you are in that, you know, that optimal sleeping groove, um, pretty much everything else just, it'll start to correct itself and and you just start to feel, feel really good. Um, and even just the way that you start your day, it can be the biggest difference with, you know, good night's sleep as opposed to really shit sleep. Yeah, like waking up on the wrong side of the bed quote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, already just starting off on on the right the right foot can make a huge impact on your day and, you know, the difference between whether you're feeling fresh or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So uh, there are four stages of sleep. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can run into them a little bit. Um, so four stages are you've got REM. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, what's before REM? Well... The first is wake, yeah, um, and it's called wake, but technically you're you're. It's kind of like when, when you're you're out, yeah, when like you're falling off asleep. Yeah, but you're, you're basically still alert almost. Yeah, um, and then you have your light sleep. Uh, then you have slow wave, also known as your deep sleep, and then your REM sleep, which mm-hmm. you just touched on as well. So, um, you know, wake and light, they're basically those two real light stages of sleep. But then you have those uh, more common stages which people would know of which is your deep sleep and your REM sleep and mm-hmm. both have each stage of your sleep has a different impact um, and they play different roles and they're not just random stages that that's things that your body actually does for a purpose um, which I guess we'll chat in a little bit more now so um, I think one of the most important ones is that slow wave sleep uh, this deep sleep so essentially your deep sleep is it's basically where 95% of the human growth hormone uh, that your body produces throughout the day is produced. So you're getting 95% of that within this one small phase of your sleep. Um, the other 5% sort of comes throughout the day. Um, and basically your, that human growth hormone is, is the main hormone that just handles repair in the body. Anything that's broken down, anything that's damaged, you need that growth hormone to help repair and then obviously to grow as well so if you think about it 
that is essentially saying, you know, that's your body's number one drug for recovery and you're getting 95% of it when you're in your deep sleep. So not just when you're sleeping, but when you're in that deep sleep. So already so important to be getting that in. And if you're limiting how much of that you're getting, you're going to limit how much of that growth hormone you're going to be receiving during that time. So um, I think that's probably one of the biggest important factors. Yeah, it would be similar to the amount of deep sleep that you get would be uh, very similar to say you went and had surgery and the doctor only had 30 minutes to complete your mm-hmm. um, lung transplant yeah. compared to if they had you know a few hours to complete your lung transplant. It's a little bit easier for them to do so yeah. um, and you'll probably get a better result. So. Yeah, and I think we can get, like most people probably aren't aware that obviously all sleep's not the same sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, if you and I, if you, are, you and I are asleep for six hours each, it doesn't mean our six hours is the exact same. Um, so depending on a whole bunch of other factors, which we'll touch on later in the episode, obviously like how you get to sleep and maybe how well rested your body already is, blah, 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 is going to uh, impact how much time you spend in deep sleep, how much time you spend in light sleep, how much time you spend in REM sleep. Um, where we're trying to overall increase the amount of time we're spending in that deep and REM sleep um, to get the, the impacts from them. But um, again, we'll touch on this later in the episode, but if we're doing a bunch of a whole other things which are impacting our sleep and we're not getting enough time in there, we, that you just touched on there with that analogy, we're, we're really missing out. Yeah. So the fine as well, a good way to kind of articulate between uh, deep and REM sleep compared to light sleep uh, would be, say you're really excited for Christmas. Remember as a kid, like you get really excited mm-hmm. for Christmas? Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, now it's shit. <laughs> um, now you got to outlay presents. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as a kid, when you're really excited for, for Christmas to roll around and you're almost so, so pumped that going to sleep, you know that you're still in your bed, like you're still mm-hmm. conscious that you're in your bed trying to go to sleep mm-hmm. um, and the slightest kind of creak or, or knock or noise or any kind of disturbance you're will up, awake you straight away. Yeah. Yep. And it's almost like as soon as you get up, you feel like you haven't slept, you're so alert yeah. and you're ready to go. Yep. That would be the equivalent of a uh, light sleep. Yeah. So when your brain's preoccupied almost with something else that's going on and mm. it can't actually shut off to go into a deep sleep. Yeah, I think genetically as well, um, you know, you can be, you can have a light sleeper. Yeah. Um, you know, your partner might be someone who, you know, it could be a fire alarm going off and they'll stay asleep. Like me personally, I'm, I'm a super light sleeper. Like I'll, any little noise or anything, I'm, I'm up. Yeah, um, same opposite. So yeah, we, I think it's pros and cons. But yeah, obviously everyone can be different. Mm-hmm. And there are things you can do um, to help improve that. But um, yeah, we're not all built the same, essentially. Yeah, yeah I think as well... Um, is there any correlation with deep sleep and going back to sleep? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, what I'm what I'm aware of is that you you go through these different stages throughout yeah. the night, um, and that one phase is about ninety minutes, roughly. Yeah. yeah. So um, again, we can maybe touch on this a bit later, but that's why they say generally, like the best time for a nap is anywhere from I think it's like sixty to ninety minutes. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a full stage of sleeping. Um, or, or even sh- like a shorter, a shorter or, one, or ninety yeah. minute one. Sort of don't because, want that in, bet- in yeah. between. Because twenty minutes is before you hit that deep sleep cycle. Yeah. And if you awake during that deep sleep cycle, that's when you feel very drowsy because mm-hmm. your body's been pumped of all that, uh, all those hormones which make you go into that deep sleep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. In terms of getting a nap in, 
either really short or around the 90 minute mark and if you go longer than that or if you sort of go you know 40 odd minutes you're going to wake up you know yeah. when you feel like just feel like shit when yeah. you've had that you know everyone's had that nap and it's just like oh where am i so <laughs> do you still take naps um i'd never take naps i just can't no, and again i think neither. that's just the whole light sleeper side to me i don't know um i wish i could and um again there's a lot of benefit to it for sure so if you are someone who has the time to get a nap in or you do love napping then go for it um absolutely because it is it can be beneficial mm. um so we touched on deep sleep a little bit. I want to touch on REM sleep as well. So um, deep sleep, we sort of talked about how um, that's the main time where our body is physically repairing itself. And then the REM sleep, that's where we, that's the part of sleep where we're consolidating our short-term memories into long-term memories as well, um, which is really important. Um, it's also, it's, can help improve your reaction time too. So, um, you know, every day, average Joe, it's probably not the biggest factor, but if we're talking more from athlete's perspective um, and, you know, we're talking about recovery, you want to increase the amount of sleep you get. Improving that REM sleep that you're getting is going to uh, improve your reaction time to certain tasks. So um, just by the difference of purely how much sleep you get is going to improve your performance massively. And there was a study um, done, it was a little while ago, I think it was on runners, I'm pretty sure it was running performance, um, and it took um, a bunch, of, a whole bunch of runners and um, gave one group like six hours of sleep and the other group eight hours of sleep. And it doesn't sound like a big difference. You'd think, I think most people can agree that you get six hours, you feel pretty good. But what it showed was that it was like up to a 70% reduction in their performance just off that um, difference between two hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. So it goes to show that um, that extra phase and cycle of sleep can have a massive impact on your performance. Yeah, true. There you go. I think, um, yeah, is it to do with the synapses in your brain having more time to recover and... Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's just getting that whole extra full stage of deep sleep and REM sleep, yeah. um, giving your body more time, more time to repair itself. Yeah, you do know as well. Notice when, even when you're having conversation, I bring this up a lot in the gym when talking to people, um, that if I haven't had a solid night's sleep, that your brain almost is so slow with a conversation that trying to think of something to mm -hmm. um, say back to someone to, to respond and keep the conversation flowing yep. becomes quite difficult. Oh, cognitively, yeah, it has a massive impact. Yeah. Um, there was a study done in Pennsylvania, so University of Pennsylvania, and uh, they... Is that in the US? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they did a study where um, they got people to do six hours of sleep for two, two weeks straight. And what they found was that your mental and physical performance declined at the same rate if you just stayed awake for 48 hours straight. So imagine staying awake for 48 hours. You'd feel like absolute shit. Yeah, you do. You and do it as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and they, yeah, playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they found that these people who just slept for six hours per night for two weeks straight had the same yeah, decline in their, in their physical performance um, as opposed to someone who was up for 48 hours straight. So again, it doesn't sound... Um, crazy um but when we're talking about the difference of you know maybe just two hours and, and how much sleep we should be getting um it really goes to highlight how important that is and i guess that brings us into the next topic which is how much sleep you know each individual should be getting mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think it's bizarre how it makes sense too how, you know, much sleep and the growth hormone that you're producing inside your body in that deep sleep though. I mean, you take that away, it's quite obvious to to me anyway that, oh, well, obviously you're not going to be feeling as good because your body can't recover as quick. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so going back to your point of how many hours people should be getting, well, by those studies, it sounds like you should be getting around eight hours. Yeah, um, I think but Obviously I think, pretty common. Yeah, I think the biggest one though for me, which is I'd try to um, deploy, uh, explain to people, I suppose more so than the eight hours is the time of that they're going to sleep. Mm. Uh, science says that the most essential hours for sleeping or the most ones that you get your biggest return uh, on investment, I suppose, of sleeping is between 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can go to bed at you know 3 a.m. and then wake up at 11 p.m. Uh, mm-hmm. 11 a.m. Sorry, yeah. And then you'll get the exact same benefits as like you mentioned before. Like that eight hours is very different to someone that sleeps eight hours from eight till whatever the math is, mm-hmm. uh, four in the morning the next day. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's a, a huge one for me is just knowing that the earlier you go to bed, typically typically the better quality of sleep you actually get yeah. during that sleep. Yeah, I think we're definitely starting to get into um, some of the things, uh, starting to talk about you know what we can do to improve our sleep mm. and everything. But um, I think in terms of the whole recovery aspect, it is just touching on the, how important it is um, sleep in general just for um, improving and repairing your body. Um, so I think that is just to remember the key takeaway um, from this episode because I also think there's definitely a massive cultural shift now as well, definitely in the last, you know, five, 10 years Mm. um, where it just seems that if you are someone who sleeps a lot, then you're you're missing out or, um, you know, in order to be successful, you have to be up late, you have to be hustling, you have to be, you know, working late and then getting up early back on the grind. And it's such a massive cultural shift and, uh, you look at anybody successful, truly successful, they literally, like, they laugh that off almost. They're yeah. like, no, you need to be getting your good quality sleep. You want to perform at your absolute best, whether that's physically or mentally, mm-hmm. then um, the best thing you can do is is get good sleep. Um, but it's just, again, it's, it's more social media. It's just that that hustle and grind culture, which is uh, really portraying the, the wrong message yeah it's the whole quality over quantity hours that you're working you know like someone that's had a quality sleep that can work productively for four hours straight can achieve a lot more than someone that's distracted and has brain fog for the eight hours that they're working in a day mm-hmm. um and they'll normally get a lot more done so yeah it's definitely one of those things which is almost counterintuitive in your own head because you're thinking like i'm working more i should get more done but yeah the more you sleep it's actually um, enhancing your your brain to be able to perform tasks at a higher level. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, I think we also touched on before how much sleep we should be getting. I think important to um, mention as well, two things. You you can't store sleep. So for it's not ex- like a battery. Yeah, it's like, you know, not like food. You, know, you can store fat in your body. Yeah. And um, say if you're getting five hours of sleep each night and you're like, oh, you know, what? I just got to get to get to the weekend and I'll just get, you know, a couple of 10, 12 hour sleeps in. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. You can't, um, you can't just bank it up on the weekend and then you're good to go again for the week. Um, your body doesn't store sleep, which is kind of annoying. Um, but it's just, I guess, 
a lot of people probably think that's the case. You know, when people say, I'm just going to catch up on, on my sleep on the weekend or whatever. Um, yeah, it doesn't work like that. You can't just have a shitty sleep one night and then make up for it the next night. So it is something you need to constantly be uh, working on and be mindful of. And also important to touch on, you can have too much sleep as well. So if you're someone who's a massive sleeper and can just go from, you know, 8 p.m. to 11 a.m. the next day, then you're you're overdoing it. So um, too much sleep can have the same effect as, so how we touched on earlier, someone who's getting five to six hours sleep can have that decrease in their physical and mental performance someone who sleeps longer than nine hours can see that same effect as well so yeah. that's important to touch on as well no i agree with that i'm uh quite a heavy sleeper and i can sleep yeah. all day long if i wanted to i find it quite i'm quite reluctant to get out of bed in the morning because i can sleep yeah. so easily do you find um if you do get like a massive sleep in or you oversleep almost do you find that you're almost tighter for the day like yeah you get i feel i feel worse for the day yeah it's one of those things where it's kind of like um you've got to think about it. You've got to think about the future rather than the present. It was even, you know, to do with this morning, I was, I got up, went for a run, ran to the gym, trained, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to at the time, yeah. but I knew that if I fell back asleep and woke up, let's say at six, mm. it's still relatively early, but I'd feel like shit because I had too much sleep for that, mm-hmm. that time. Um, so yeah, it's definitely one of those, those things in your head that you've got to get out. you got to just got to do it and you feel you know, like you could go straight back to sleep at the time, yep. but getting up and moving is probably one of the best things that yep. you can do for your body. Um, I have no doubt like people listening to this, there's, there'll be a few camps of people. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to say, I just, I, I struggle getting to sleep or I struggle getting a good night's sleep. And um, there's, they're probably the most common ones that we get. And there are definitely a few major things that you can do uh, that will have a, an impact almost straight away on your sleep to improve your sleep. Um, a couple of things that you, I know you and I both do. Um, and there's a couple of things which have been heavily researched to improve your sleep and um, not just improve your sleep, but also improve the likelihood of getting good quality, deep sleep and REM sleep as well. So uh, maybe we can touch on a couple of those things now. All right. So we've got a couple here. So I think first two are the most obvious um, and that's alcohol and caffeine. Mm. So essentially alcohol, a lot of people say, oh, like alcohol is so good because I feel so, you know, when you've had a bottle of red wine, mm. I mean, maybe not a bottle, that's a bit excessive, but oh, so, you still feel after that. Yeah. yeah. You have, uh, say like a glass of red wine and mm. you feel quite like dopey afterwards, mm-hmm. you feel quite sleepy, like you could just hit the hay all of a sudden. Um, that's more to do so with the blood to your brain isn't as efficient as what it is when mm. you're sober. Um, and it's making you more tired because your body needs to shut down because it can't get the blood there. So basically you're not, when you drink alcohol, you're not getting a good sleep. You're essentially knocking yourself out. Yeah. So alcohol is, is used more as a sedative Mm. and sedation and sleep are different things. Yeah. Um, so basically when you are in that sedative state and say the whole time, obviously depends how much alcohol you've had, but, um, the whole time you're sleeping, your body is working to get rid of that. It's a poison. It's, it's working to get rid of the poison from your body. So your body's constantly working. It's not switching off and falling asleep. Um, so yeah, you might be out for eight hours, but you might have spent six hours trying to remove the alcohol from your system. So mm-hmm. your body's only gotten two hours of, of sleep. So that's and that's why you, you know, you drink and you maybe still get a really big sleep in, like six to eight hour sleep, and you wake up feeling like shit. Yeah. Um, 
that and the hangover. So there's obviously a couple yeah. of things going on there. And then caffeine as well. Yeah, so caffeine is one of those tricky ones which, uh, like one of the boys from the gym, Chris, he says he can have caffeine, go straight to sleep afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those awkward kind of topics that some people will be like, oh, no, I I can drink coffee yeah. straight after, like straight before bed. It's, it's the same as the alcohol, yeah. essentially. But um, essentially for me, and I think 90% of the population is... Um, Caffeine essentially has a half-life of 16 hours, or is it six, eight hours? Six hours, quarter-life of 12. Quarter-life of 12. So essentially, if you have a coffee in the morning, mm-hmm. it takes uh, six hours for half of that to get out of your yeah, system. half the caffeine to be removed. Yeah, so if you're having a coffee, say, at 2 p.m., by 8 p.m., your body's still going to have, say, have a normal coffee, which mm. is 60 milligrams of caffeine. You're still going to have 30 milligrams of caffeine in your body. Yeah. Um, which basically what caffeine does is it inter, uh, integrates so, into a receptor yeah, so um, into your sleepy, brain. The sleepy receptor. So yeah. that, that, there's a chemical that gets uh, released Replaced. by your body, yeah, and then, um, which makes you feel sleepy. Mm-hmm. What caffeine does is it blocks the... Um, which can be good. Yeah, obviously yeah. early in the morning or yeah. anything like that. Um, it blocks the uh, receptor there. So all of a sudden you it gets rid of that sleepiness. Um, so... Think about that. If your body, it's natural for our body at nighttime to have that sleepiness hormone be released. And if we're blocking that, um, then your body is going to struggle to get into that good quality form of sleep. So again, just remembering you can still get to sleep, but it's that quality of sleep that we're talking about. And if you just have an eight hour sleep, which is all light sleep, then you're missing out on all of the all the benefits, which we touched on earlier. Mm-hmm. So. They're two key ones. Yes, they're probably the biggest ones, though, that I think people would um, attest to. Yeah, which you, you're probably already aware of. But yeah. there are a couple of things which you can do to help improve your sleep, mm-hmm. um, which are just easy fixes. And yeah. I think so, the first one is sleeping in a dark place. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it sounds quite obvious, but light can have a massive impact on um, your body's ability to get into that deep and REM sleep. So, um, you know, whether that's just moonlight coming in through the windows, um, you're going to increase your chances of... Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> you're going to increase your chances of getting a really good quality sleep if your room is totally dark and blacked out. Yep. Uh, yeah, for sure. And then the second one would be also having a cool room. So 18 degrees, I believe, is the uh, optimal temperature mm. to have a room. Um, basically, yeah, you just don't want to be too hot because your body then is trying to cool itself down to mm-hmm. achieve that. I suppose, homeostatic state, um, which it thrives best in, um, which is, yeah, that 18 degrees. So making sure that your room's nice and cool is another big one. I think almost when you go to sleep, it should almost feel a little chilly. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, obviously people are going to react differently to that, but I think, yeah. Yeah. Cooler is better than really hot. Yeah. And I think a good way to do that as well, and which uh, science shows too, is to sleep with as minimal clothing as you possibly can mm-hmm. um personally i don't sleep with any clothing but i don't, like some people just don't find it comfortable mm. so but supposedly that's the best time because your body's allowed to breathe um yeah. it can breathe itself that's <laughs> having a laugh yeah, just the way you say some people don't find it comfortable i guess like it depends on <laughs> anyway. your size of uh, <laughs> your body parts appendage <laughs> um, um next one so i just tape it to the side <laughs> Uh, so next one uh, is no TV or like blue light. Yeah, any um, screens or yeah, laptop, even phone. bright lights. Yeah, 
Um, as in, like, if you've got a dimmer in your kitchen mm. light, maybe just turn that on. So it you can, can make an actually big difference because yeah. basically what your body's trying to do is trying to wind itself down before bed. And uh, if you, they say the best way to improve your body's ability to fall asleep and wake up naturally is like go camping out in the middle of nowhere, mm. and you're just gonna your body's gonna naturally fall in line. It's circadian rhythm is going to fall in line with nature where, you know, the sun starts to set and the moon comes up, you start to get tired. And then as the sun starts to rise, you start to wake up. So yeah. um, if you think about that, when you're inside a house, you're counteracting that with bright lights, TV screens, noise, um, your body isn't fully aware of, you know, is it sleep time or yeah, should yeah. I still be awake and, um, you know, active and yeah. Yeah. It can't distinguish between day and night because it's basically daylight inside mm-hmm. um so yeah about 30 minutes before bed is a good one i know some people stretch that to 90 minutes to mm, two hours I think longer the find better, that but yeah the longer the better but also be realistic yeah. with your with your point as well i yeah i struggle i find it hard um but 30 minutes seems doable yeah i think a good actually a good tip which i would suggest is if you are going to wind down on the couch, like I love watching TV before I mm. go to bed, just like 30 minutes um, just helps kind of let me wind, unwind um, yep. for the day. I think if you brush your teeth and do mm. everything so mm-hmm. you're prepared for bed when you yeah, go to totally sit down agree. on the couch rather than, so as soon as you feel drowsy, you can just turn it off and go to bed Yeah. compared to if you feel drowsy, but then you still got to brush your teeth and do all your, yeah, and do all your other stuff. Ready for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, you're just going to wake your body back up. Yeah. Um, and then it's almost harder to fall asleep because you've missed that certain cycle where your yeah. body's ready to go to sleep. Good tip. So next one would be have a sleep routine. Yeah. So I think, um, sleep routine can include a few things. So it, even like then what you just said was perfect. So, um, a couple of things that you do before bed every night allows your body to get into the habit of, oh, okay, I'm brushing my teeth now. This means I'm going to bed in 30 minutes. And um, uh, so having that pre-bed routine can be super important. And then also mixing that in with the same uh, sleep time and wake time every day. So it is much easier for your body um to get into a good healthy sleeping routine and pattern when you're going to bed the same time every night and you're waking up the same time every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, research also shows it can be really important to wake up at the same time every morning, um, which I think a lot of people struggle with. Say if you've got you know, work Monday to Friday and then Saturday you've got the day off, you tend to sleep in more. Um, if you sleep sleep in anywhere longer than an hour, then you can start to have negative effects. So... If you are someone who does like a big sleep in on your day off or on the weekend or something like that, you're going to feel a lot better if you wake up within your sort of normal hour of waking. So I know like for me personally, every day I sort of wake up at like 4.30ish. Um, even on the weekends, I'll try and wake up around 5.30ish at the latest. So mm-hmm. try and keep it. It's, it seems shit at first, but you actually do feel a lot better. To yeah. Then we touched on that oversleeping earlier. Mm-hmm. Do you lie in bed at all once you've woken up or did you just get up? On the weekends. Like if I've got nothing on, then I'll lie in bed. Yeah. And that's probably more so from a perspective of just not trying to wake yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Beck up or yeah. anyone else up or anything like that. Yeah. So it's kind of shit. Yeah. But <laughs> I just lay there. Yeah, fair. Um, yeah, next one is uh, eat light before bed. Something I'm guilty of is eating heavy. I like eating all my meals like mm. around dinner time. Um, like it's just when I'm the most hungry and feel like I should yeah. eat the most. I struggle to eat 
bigger meals throughout the day. Like I like to save my calories for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with this one, the research sort of just shows like at least an hour before bed. Yeah. Try and because essentially same thing about your body being active. You're think about when you eat a massive meal, your body's going to start to digest that meal. Um, so you're trying to avoid that right before bed. And again, I think another tip, like you sort of just touched on before, a good thing to do there would be like to, once you've sort of eaten that last meal and everything like that, brush your teeth because mm-hmm. it's going to, I guess, restrict you from eating much more. Yeah. Especially if you've got, I've noticed lately, ever since I went to the dentist, this is a real side tangent, but ever since I went to the dentist, say three months ago, mm. I started to have more of an extensive toothbrushing routine. Yeah. Um, or I suppose dental care routine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so now I'll brush my teeth, floss and then use mouthwash and then brush my teeth again, just like lightly. Mm. Um, and yeah, I find that takes, say, six to eight minutes. Mm. I cannot be bothered doing nah, that nah. again. Yeah. So it's a real, um, you feel accomplished once you do it, but yeah, it's also yeah. something that you don't want to do again. Do you so like I find dentist listen to this or something? You just <laughs> like, you want to let him know? Like, I hope so. <laughs> You're like, yeah, brush my teeth four times yeah, a day. Yeah. I'm that guy that goes in and is like, yeah, I do everything right. Yeah, I do yeah, everything. Yeah. Like, well, it doesn't look like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, so yeah, eat light before bed. Other thing is just try and minimize sugars before bed mm. um, is a good one. And then last one, which I put in there, um, and you can tell I put this in because <laughs> Josh never put something like this in, was uh, the mother-in-law's tongue. It's a kind yeah. of plant. So oh, okay. it's from... <laughs> don't actually get your mother-in-law's tongue in bed. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, so plant. it's a plant and it's from the book Sleep Better. Mm-hmm. Um, just to say I can reference it so I'm not just making up gibberish. But basically he says that it is the most uh, effective producing uh, oxygen most plant. Most oxygen effective. Yeah, oxygen. Producing something. Yeah, it produces, it produces the, the most, most oxygen. oxygen at night. <laughs> yeah. So essentially you're releasing CO2 and this plant at night is the most active and can... Uh, mm-hmm replace or replenish your co2 with oxygen Mm -hmm. which will help you get a better sleep because you're breathing in oxygen and air quality in your sleep can have a big impact too i think yeah it's not necessarily something a lot of people struggle with but that can be again just an added benefit it's just like one of those one percenters that yeah you could add into your sleep routine like we do it and it's Mm. great yeah well that that's some of the main tips i think it is pretty longer episode but um I think it just sort of does highlight the importance of, of how good sleep is for you. Mm. Um, I guess maybe let's just touch on like personal experiences. Have you like always been someone who's focused on sleep or have you noticed the difference it makes? And Yeah, so I used to always be a real night owl um, and I still am. Like I still love staying up late, but I, I don't anymore because I know the repercussions the next day yeah. will not be good. Um, so yeah, I'm a very heavy sleeper though. So I do enjoy sleep. Um, so Going to bed earlier for me wasn't, it was tough, but at the same time, once I get into bed, I'm like, oh, this is good. Yeah. So, but I do struggle with uh, keeping a consistent time to go to bed. Like yeah. I'll normally be anywhere between eight and nine thirty. Yeah. Um, what about you? Yeah. Like I've become like massive on sleep in maybe the last two years, um, especially to take my like training and that a little bit more seriously. I, I didn't. I I was someone who was oblivious to the fact that sleep can have a big impact on your recovery. And I was always someone that would do the other one percenters. Um, So all the gimmicks and everything like that, I'd do all of that first and then I'd just get a shit night's sleep. Um, 
and again something important that we can touch on is you know you can do everything in the world for your recovery but if you get a shit night's sleep you've pretty much wasted it all anyway yeah. and it's going to have no effect yeah so be like getting that doctor that was talking about before yeah so like you're getting him all the best uh utensils that he can possibly yeah use. he doesn't know how to use them yeah but then he's only got such a limited time to use them yeah. that it's they're not going to be used to their full capacity yeah absolutely you think of everything that yeah your body does it, it repairs itself in that sleep so you know if you're adding all these ice baths and things like that like it's it's a sleep which is going to tie it all together mm-hmm. but yeah so something i've added into my routine heaps and um even now with some of the training that i'm doing obviously like a lot of a lot of training um i can tell the difference massively between like how my body's feeling when i get a good night's sleep and i'm well rested as opposed to you know say i've got an event on the weekend and i have a late night and you know get home late and you know only sleep for a few hours and have that really poor sleep like my body feels it massively and not just feels it but my performance feels it too like when i look at my heart rate it's elevated massively when i'm doing the same sort of work and and things like that so yeah it has a massive impact and it's probably the yeah like something i've put a lot of effort into and i've reaped a lot of rewards from it so like you said it it can be hard at first to get focus on getting a good night's sleep but i think when you do it it's it can be a game changer yeah for sure Awesome. Well, good episode. I think that wrapped up everything to do with sleep. Went down a few rabbit holes, but Mm. I hope that you guys got something out of that uh, episode. And if you're still listening, thanks for sticking around. (laughs) Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Probably play it before bed. It might make you feel yeah. a bit sleepy. So <laughs> We've got quite soothing voices. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. If you have any questions regarding sleep or ways that you can improve it, then definitely let us know. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll uh, catch you in the next episode. All right, guys. See you soon.